Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and welcome back to the Framestore podcast. On Monday's episode, we engage Daniel Mizaguchi, Head of Animation at our Vancouver studio, in our 13-question grilling, otherwise known as the Framestore Podcast Dailies. On today's episode, we continue the conversation where our guest co-host, lead runner Michelle Ava, runs with the opportunity of interviewing Daniel. So without further delay, we very much hope you enjoy episode two, part two of the Framestore podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, episode two, part two, our second installment with head of animation, Framestore Vancouver, Daniel Mizuguchi. This is where we hand over to this week's co-host, Michelle Ava, who, as an aspiring animator herself, will continue the interview where we left off. So Michelle Ava, over to you. Hello. Yeah, hello, hello, hello. (laughs) Hello, Danielle. Uh, Yes, uh, like you saw, um, I am like a... I'm not like an animator now. I like uh, more like in the runner in the team uh, frame store, but I really want to be an animator. And it's like I say, it's pretty an honor to see you, seriously. And Thank you. I just, <laughs> I just want to know some question more like in animation or your job. Uh, like you say, you are the head of animation, but what is the work? of the head of animation it's more like you do animation but you or you must you uh, must like you just check your your group or what what is it exactly um it depends i guess you know the head of animation likely differs from studio differs from okay. studio to studio but i definitely like um when i when i can still get on the box and animate and i sometimes supervise shows as well because that helps you from getting a little bit too disconnected from the actual work because my main focus is to support the teams and make sure they have what they need to do their work and i feel like if i'm going through it firsthand if i'm actually you know rolling my sleeves up and supervising shows as well i experience that and i can you know it's one thing to hear from somebody but to actually go through it yourself and then you can actually observe okay you know what these are the things that we can improve and these are the things we should focus on if you're seeing it you know you know in the weeds so to speak so i and sometimes when there's shots that that kind of fit the schedule then i try you know i try to jump in and still animate as well but uh, yeah okay yeah it's pretty helpful, seriously, because I don't have like the idea exactly. Mm-hmm. I can go in the like um, the description of the ad animation, but yes. it's not really clear. It's so yes, I like to understand that more. And um, the other question I have is like, um, so uh, how you do like your reference? It's like how, how you do your reference for the animation. Um, I guess it, I guess it depends, but, uh, you know, if it's more performance related, you know, you could film, it's all the things that you probably already know. You could film, you know, a friends or film yourself or, you know, YouTube has been like the, it's been like sliced bread for animators. You know, there's so much <laughs> reference there, but I think one of the keys is, you know, should use that as, as a core, you know, 
and then you kind of build off of that. You know, sometimes, you know, you might have some direction, okay, match this exactly. And at that point, it turns into, you know, match move or roto animation. But I think when you utilize reference in a smart way, it's it's a, the core for the timing and it's a basis to come off on. And then you mm-hmm. kind of refine that, you adjust the shapes for appeal and the timing. It's it's like a It's like a base as opposed to, you know, taking it verbatim. Okay, yeah. so when you do like the animation more realistic, the reference is very important, no? It, or... Definitely, it is. But again, mm-hmm. you still, you know, you still tweak off of that. You okay. still adjust it, you know, and it's kind of like how you might treat motion capture too. It's very, very rare that you take it in exactly and it plunks in and it's good to go. You know, I think a lot of times people would love for it to work that way, but it's, it, you know, there's always some adjustment that uh, that okay. can help yeah, to, to help plus it for sure. Oh, nice. Perfect. The other thing is like, okay, I changed a little bit. Like um, when I say you, you talk about a little bit of the Maya, of the, the software uh, for the animation, but um, what is your personal opinion in the, the software that animator use? Uh, which one sound best for the animation? For the 3D? Yeah, for 3D, it's still it's still Maya. You know, it's definitely that's that's kind of like that's the standard. You know, the, I know there's you know Blender's been getting you know a lot of focus lately, but you know no, there's no large studios that you know use use Blender. There was, I think there's a couple of. Uh, I can think of a local studio as well that started off using Blender, but even they ended up kind of gravitating back towards Maya because, you know, because it's such a standard, the available mm-hmm. animators out there, that's what they, that's what they know. You know, there's, there's, you know, there's not much training involved. Maya is Maya and it's been the standard for, for decades now. So. Okay. And the other thing is more like, um, the, you know, uh, you're in the animator, so you need like to work with the, um, the person to do the, um, the schedule and uh, not the schedule, the, um, the rigging, sorry. Uh, so how you work with the person in the reading, rigging? Like, I know you like, you need to, you, you just receive the person with the rigging and you start or, or if like you have some fault in the, oh, okay, I need like a, something for remove this thing and I don't see it. You just, you talk with the rigger for to, uh, to, to something like that? Yeah, definitely, for sure. Like um, in the ideal scenarios, you know, we chat and we actually map out what's needed, you know, before they even start rigging. And, you know, we have some really, really, you know, savvy riggers. And when we work with them, they're like, you know, they start off with, okay, what does this need to do? You know, what, what, and, you know, in how many shots is this going to be need to, done at? So that, it's kind of like they start off with a blueprint. So they start with the end in mind. And once mm-hmm. they know what this particular rig needs to do, then they can work backward and then they start building. And of course, it's like what you're saying, you know, once they start building and you actually start using it in production, you're like, oh yeah, okay, we kind of need this or we got a particular note from a client that, okay, it needs to do that. And then it's an iterative process. But, you know, we there's a lot of planning involved before they even start rigging. Okay, cool. And I know I talked about a little bit uh, before, but um, um, you say like the animation, it's uh, it's more difficult. Um, the style like realistic uh, cartoon mocap, 
because it's too depend the project. Um, but uh, what you, um, I think you say that, but I just want to repeat no, no, it sure. for myself. Um, it's uh, like um, what you what you like very like in why in the realistic or because I I think in the frame store you're more like realistic for the for the animation. So what you like in that animation? Why it's more like cool for you? Oh, like realistic animation. Mm -hmm. I think it's because we can actually, it's not tricking the audience, but when it's seamless because it's realistic and you know, it's all about the storytelling. So the, the, I find like, at least for me, the end goal is not for an audience to look at something and go, Oh, that's cool animation because that's great. But really (laughs) they should be looking at, and forget they're looking at animation and they're actually experiencing the story through that character. So they're either getting surprised or scared or they're rooting for the character. So it's one step beyond. So they're not even thinking about the animation. It's really getting pulled into the story. So I think, yeah, so that, and then when people do that, I think that's when I find it successful. You know, I think, yeah, just kind of going back to, you know, the previous episode when we were talking about, you know, what we recently released, the Christmas special, you know, like, I, again, one of one of the critics came up and said, you know what, it looks like they, you know, they changed it up. They filmed group practically this time. And it's like the whole team went, yes, because, and then of course, <laughs> James Gunn, director of all, you know, amazing, he jumped in on Twitter right away. And it's like, that's great. Thank you. But that was entirely CG, you know, and it's kudos to the VFX team. So it's oh, it's yeah. moments like that, you know. So okay, I know I understand so much. Yeah. you are like so proud yeah, of your, exactly. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to build on the the, the points around storytelling, Daniel, because one thing that fascinates me, particularly about um, senior, not just senior creatives, I think just artists, mm-hmm. visual effects artists, when you go to see your film or you see or you see the work of others are competitors when you see an amazing set piece do you find yourself almost uh, subconsciously critiquing the shot or is does it does it depend on how good the storytelling is can you get lost in like any other audience that's it it's exactly what you're saying if you're really caught up in the story and the filmmaking you forget that you're looking at animation, you know, but uh, yeah, it is hard to turn it off sometimes, you, you know, you start, you know, when you see something that you know is CG, it's like, oh yeah, how did they do that? And you start, you start analyzing your brain, you break it, and it does pull you up, but like sometimes, you know, on a really, really great story, you just, you just get lost in the, in the filmmaking. So that's, that's encouraging to hear. I always think there's loads of VFX artists just going, I do know for sure, though, it's impossible to watch, you know, something you worked on and get lost in the story. It's just you're just looking at something and you're like, oh, uh, maybe we should have done this. Or it reminds you of, you know, a funny thing that happened during the production. Yeah, I, I find it's just so when I go see uh, films that I've worked on, you know, I kind of enjoy it vicariously with the people, you know, that I'm watching. Mm. It with. So I like I turn over and I kind of I know what's coming up and I just watch their expressions. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's oh, cool. so nice! Oh, for the um, for order, it's like um, for a junior. Um, what uh, what the job the junior do in in the animation? Um, it yeah, it, it depends. Like you know, in an ideal scenario, they're 
working on shots, just like the rest of the team. I think in terms of, you know, the complexity of the shots, you know, it's matched more for somebody who's like just starting out, but like a lot, you know, especially at frame store, you know, you're ideally you're, you're working on shots. You might be, you know, let's say for, you know, there might be some crowd shots where you're working on cycles, but, you know, our, our, our senior team also works on cycles as well to, to provide it for, you know, the crowd team, but yeah, you're working on, you're working on shots. Yeah. That's, that's how you get better. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> okay. great. Yeah. You're, uh, you're along with the rest of the team, you're attending dailies, okay. you're getting feedback, you know, working with your leads and supervisors. Oh, nice. And the other thing, like another subject, it's more like um, uh, for our, uh, I come back with the the 2D. Did uh, did you do the 2D uh, for like 2D animation? Did you have any? uh... I I didn't. So like I studied painting and drawing. So 2D, I guess that's 2D, but not in motion. So I went from, you know, illustration as a living, Mm -hmm. illustration and design, and then, you know, falling in love with like fell in love Mm -hmm. with 2d animation and then (laughs) you know 3d was coming along and it was kind of like yeah what do you think like the difference with the 2d and 3d like um i think with 3d definitely is you know 2d you can do pretty much anything whereas in actually 3d you actually have to make it work mechanically by what i mean by that is you know a lot of the times you know just because the pose works towards camera you know if you look at it from a different angle it might appear off and broken and that actually sometimes shows up in the render so it actually has to work at almost like um like a at, like i said it has to work mechanically whereas 2d there is no other angle. You just have to draw the profile for the camera. Whereas in 3D, you have to kind of, you have to keep that in mind that you have to kind of make it work. Does it actually physically look right from other angles? Okay. Yeah, it helps. It definitely helps. Okay. And for the animation, the animation in 3D, and I'm talking about a lot of the person, but I know we have like the creature, the person. Um, what the difference in it's uh, like the more I know it's more difficult to animate an animal because it's not like a human and it's just more difficult to just okay I I am an animal I work like that but um, uh, I know you animate like the human animal and something else or it's just like the this two thing you, you oh in terms of uh, like what else do we animate aside from yeah. animal oh lots of things like uh well creatures definitely goes into play because creatures you know can sometimes have four six you know 20 legs you know (laughs) tentacles you know there's there's antenna like it depends on the creature so a lot and of course there's hard surface like vehicles and you know like i'm just off the like going you know using that a gravity example spaceships and Mm. you know uh yeah could go on and on but yeah definitely there's a wide spectrum especially at frame store there's just such a wide variety of like things we work on and for like a normal animation right very simple how many times you do that for you in terms of how many versions we might do or no it's more like uh, when you do animation like a very basic like a walk or just run uh, how many time uh, you uh, how many time um, you need to do this 
shot, like just walk, very simple animation. How many times? Oh, so how many times before it makes it into the film? Is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh. Again, it depends on the project. It could be a, okay. like it could be a simple walk, and it might be more in the background, and you know okay. you might have a few versions, and it goes through. But if it's very hero and it plays really you know prominently in the story, you know they might drill into it, and you might be working on it. Like we've had maybe not like a simple walk, but you know there's sometimes on project we've been working on a shot for like a year, just in terms yeah. of yeah. And then there's some shots that, you know, we we work on it and it goes into the film after a couple of days. So, okay, yeah. So to depend, like for the more difficult, it's very long, but for the more samples, can be like one, uh, like six months if uh, I'm intense. Yeah, if you're intense, but you know, simple shots. You know, there's some you know very simple shots that you know you might complete in like, you know, a, a few days. No, but yeah, okay. nothing ever takes a day. <laughs> it's always longer than a day, two minimum. <laughs> oh, cool to know, right? Because I know, like, like you say, the time, the time is very important because you need like to do the animation and check like one thousand times just for sure the um, the animation is good with all the team and all your head. Um, and so, yes, it's why I'm like interesting with the time. So you need like to be very, uh, it's more like the application you say, um, it's very important to check for the time. Yeah. Uh, so yes, like, you know, yeah. it's cool. But uh, we do things like, um, and I should kind of add some more detail that we kind of do things in stages, you know, okay. like, you know, we have like stages where like there's a rough stage, you know, there's a, you know, primary stage you know final stage so we're not you know going away and animating something for a year and coming back there's you know you, you can block something out very roughly just to get a feel for you know the timing is this working does it work within the story and then you kind of refine on top of that so it's very iterative and you know and again talking about you know getting feedback so <laughs> it's it's stages mm -hmm, the feedback I, I, I discovered that when I go in the um, and when I start like my study is more like I realize it's super important to talk with each other to just oh, yeah. okay can you check because it's five hours I work in in something and I don't see nothing so just can you just be um, what you saw uh, so yes it's why I realized you say like uh, it's important to talk with each other so it's very cool to know it's true yeah, it, no it, it definitely that's how you learn so Cool. That is probably my question. Yes, uh, I just want to know like your life, uh, what you do in your, um, how how you you appear in the frame store work is very cool. So yes, no, it's um, it's probably my question. It's okay. <laughs> no, Thanks, thank Michelle. <laughs> there are some great questions, by the way. I said this earlier. I learn so much doing these these podcast episodes and <laughs> learning through your lens, Michelle. Ava, I thought was uh, was brilliant. And and building on that. Um, because we did this on the last episode is obviously Sergio on the last episode got a grilling from a London runner and uh, then he turned the tables and he started to give um, our, our Tom, our, our, our London runner, some advice, you know, as Michelle Ava is an aspiring animator, Daniel, and as we've got you on the podcast, you know, what, what advice would you give? Not just, we talked about golden nuggets earlier, but what advice would you give to Michelle Ava, who is already working at Framestore to pursue her career in, 
and, and animation team. Yeah, well, you know, it's probably things that you're already doing, but, you know, again, just working, just watching and animating, you know, and learning, doing what you can, practice. just get, practice, practice, practice. And then, <laughs> again, to, to, you know, just harken back to what we talked about earlier, just finding pieces of animation that you feel like mm. you can improve on, you know, like works that's not your own. So, you know, just kind of looking at that, analyzing it, breaking it down, and then you know, practicing on top of that. Hey, what what would I do if I were animating that shot or that particular piece of action? Yeah. I'm just uh, because I am curious and I when you when when you want to say for um uh, in this podcast for the animation, like if you want to say something in the animation, like want to what you want to explain for everyone. Oh, what do I want to explain in animation? It's Yeah, if 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 you have a desire and a passion for animation, you know it's it's very rewarding. You just learn so much. I think I think that's the the goal of it. You know, yeah. And uh, we touched on this earlier, um, Daniel. You talked about being inspired by Looney Tunes back in the day, uh, but we didn't explore what uh, got you into animation, Michelle Ava. What what's the what was the catalyst for you uh, getting into animation as a potential career? Uh, me really, I really like cartoon. Seriously, I I, I like cartoon and the stop motion, but it's not the same thing. <laughs> it's um, I want to learn um, stop motion one time in my life, but I want to like very start with um, with the cartoon. But it's more like uh, I like the realistic cartoon and all the movement. I just like that, and it's more like. It's like you say, you start to to check the movement of all what you saw. It's a, I check, I just check someone to walk, or I just see a movie and I analyze all the little thing. It's um, it's it's the thing I don't have when I start my university, <laughs> and now it's probably like that. So yes, uh, I really like the cartoon. I like the like exactly exactly. Oh my god, my English exactly the. You know the cartoon is like Looney Tune is super intense and the arm is just like not realistic at all. It's like not possible. But uh, um, I like that view. It's more like oh, this world is possible. You can do everything. You can fall in the in the mountain and survive. It's okay. It's the <laughs> so what the the thing I really like in the in the cartoon. I really like the the technique and um, and and if someone say oh my god it's so fluid and so like i don't see the stop or something like that i'm proud when i do that but yes it's what i like <laughs> yeah no i i i i, I totally agree with that and yeah, that's when i started mm. it was like kind of mind-blowing moment for me when i was you know first animation classes I had never watched it like this before, but we had an instructor who, you know, ironically was analyzing a Looney Tunes cartoon for us. And it was like <laughs> Coyote and Roadrunner. And he was freeze framing it. He was going, okay. He was just going through step by step. And he stopped on a frame where, you know, Coyote's arm, like you're saying, was stretched halfway like, yeah. or like almost. <laughs> into, and it, it was just like, you know, 
the the heavens opened up for me because like I had never seen that. And then I went, <laughs> it's like going behind the curtain and just mm-hmm. seeing the actual mechanics behind how they were making realistic motion. And ever since then, after that, I was like freeze framing everything. I was just like, just, I couldn't believe that there is a technique to all of this. And yeah, because I just saw, you know, they're moving their arms, they're painting, but, but to get that motion going, there was just like some crazy distortions and warps that we're having. And now we know, yeah. Uh, what I say is the frame, is, I just repeat what you say, it's a frame by frame. When I discovered that, it's exactly like you. I just discovered him, oh my God, okay, he have very, it's not, the, the arm is like discovering strange thing and just don't see when you say like stop the image but yes it's it's probably that so yes continue Simon. sorry <laughs> yeah i mean i was just going to speak as a non-animator because i'm so fascinated by both of your your crafts is everything you've talked about there around kind of the the approach and the technique to movement does it it might be an obvious answer but is it does it differ between a piece of 2d animation to a piece of cg real animation to a um, piece of stop motion are that do you adopt the same practice and the same techniques or does it differ slightly depending on what type of animation you're working on? The the principles are definitely the same, but in terms of like, you know, really stylized animation, yeah, you know, we don't distort the limbs the, the way we would like for like something like a, like a Tom and Jerry or, you know, like a Looney Tunes versus realistic, but all the principles still apply. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. I could keep asking questions. I've got loads of questions up my sleeve around team management and all kinds of kind of best job you worked on, but I'm very aware that we're kind of tapping out episode episode two, part two. Um, so that brings our, our, our conversation to a close, uh, Daniel and Michelle Ava. Um, genuinely, thank you so much for, uh, for, for joining. I know, Daniel, we agreed to do this last week. Michelle Ava, I think I asked you two days oh, ago yeah. to join the podcast. Oh, nice. Jumping in. <laughs> and I really appreciate you both getting involved. I, I was going to say, actually, Michelle, but I know English isn't your first language because uh, we've. I was saying to Daniel earlier, like Google Translate is my friend when we have our conversations. But I think your English oh was impeccable, and I thought you asked some yeah. really, yeah. really yeah. incredible, really yeah. insightful oh. questions on this this part of the podcast. So well done. It's been a pleasure. So before I let you go and we close out the episode, is there any, are there any final words or anything you both want to share with uh, our, our audience of uh, Frame Store employees and beyond? Is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to say before I let you go? No, not, not really. I think I've, I already did, you know, in the previous episode, I've already plugged my favorite. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I'll call, maybe yeah. I'll call yeah, the owner. Ulterior motive. Can, you know, get information or something. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, we should we should drop all kinds of stuff on this <laughs> podcast. If, it, if we gain popularity, there'll be all kinds of uh, suspect gifts that come our way. But yeah, if you benefit from it, Daniel, for sure. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I I did I did remember like um you know for list for your Spotify. I don't listen to music while I work, but I do listen to. I've, dis, I've I'm on a real big. Uh, uh, he's it's called he's called Labyrinth. So uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He's kind of like electronic and aren't like hip hop. So he's, yeah. And he actually scores uh, a lot of films and TV shows, but yeah, I've, I'm kind of on a big labyrinth kick right now. So, yeah. Okay. 
Excellent. I'm yep. glad you brought that in. So send me Definitely. two of your favorite Labyrinth Definitely. tracks. They're going to make the Framestore Podcast yes. Dailies playlist. And Michelle Ava, if you have any oh, thoughts <laughs> after the podcast, please let me know. Oh, yeah, and super. We'll no, make really sure like you're included that. as well. Thank you, Daniel and Simon. So, it's very a good chance for me to to have the access of that. No, this is this is great. Yeah, thank you, Simon, for putting this together and really nice One meeting you, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, no, this has been fun. Oh, thank thank you. you both. Well, that wraps up this week's episodes. What a great pairing. It just leaves me to thank Daniel for being a brilliant guest and Michelle Ava for being an equally excellent guest co-host. Join us next time for another great conversation with another guest and co-host from our global Framestore community. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.